0: Hey everyone. Today's Imperfect Game podcast is a chat with Jed Mahler. Jed is a member at Plymouth Country Club, but has also become the club's historian. He's full of great info about Plymouth's history on and off the golf course. We talk about the founding of the course, Donald Ross's par 70 design, and why it's now a par 69. Plymouth Country Club is also in the middle of a long-term restoration, which Jed and I touch on too. As a par 69, Plymouth might get a side eye from some folks, but the course is excellent. And I really enjoyed Jed's thoughts on golf course architecture and his interesting perspective on my five rounds in Massachusetts question, which sent us all over the state. As always, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you're new here, please press or click the subscribe button on whatever podcatcher you use for your podcast pleasure. A rating and review would be swell too. If you also you can also find me on social on Twitter, I am Boston Homer. On Instagram, I am Stay Home Husband. I write a couple times a week at stayhomehusband.com, and I would encourage you to sign up for my Friday newsletter to get all my stuff in one place. Finally, give Jed a follow on Twitter or Instagram. He can be found under the name Jed Mahler on Twitter, and on Instagram, he posts under the name Poor Man's Golf Guide. If you love old golf pictures, interesting stories, he is definitely worth a follow. Thanks for listening, and let's get to my interview with Jed. Jed. All right. Well, uh, Jed, thanks for joining me today. We uh, uh, just spent a few minutes realizing that we actually live on the same on the same streets, <laughs> and uh, have never met before. We found each other. Or I found you on uh, on uh, golf Twitter and golf Instagram, and uh, so thanks for being here.
1: Yeah, man. I'm it's excited awesome. to talk to you. This is going to be good.
0: So, I guess the the first thing I'm kind of curious about, just as far as your golf life is you are the Plymouth Country Club historian (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and I'm wondering like what what that is like what's that role how the heck do you become a a golf course historian Um, and just yeah just kind of talk about that first
1: yeah no it's good I mean it sounds funny like hearing it out loud too but (laughs) I think I mean I think you got to back it up like to the beginning so I grew up you know, my grandfather played golf. My dad played golf. My, he got my brother and I into it. Like, I don't remember not playing golf. Right? Yeah. It's always been a big part. Um, you know, I played competitively growing up and worked my whole life at golf courses, scrubbing clubs, cleaning carts, and everything else. And then played in college, uh, worked at some courses after college just to, like, dip your toe in the water, quickly realized that was, uh, that was a was <laughs> right? So, yeah. <laughs> you learn that stuff real quick, uh, but anyway, so golf's obviously been really important to me. And then, but then I burned out. So I didn't play like at all for two years. And then, um, you know, my parents wanted to go to Scotland, and I was like, all right, I guess I got to figure out golf again. <laughs> <laughs> so you you go over there, and then your passion just reignites. Like you're just like, oh my gosh, this is golf, and you kind of start forgetting about score and you start picking up on these things like this is so cool to be out here, like I had a great time, don't even know what I shot, right? So then the game changes. Um but I'm still young at that point, just barely out of college, have no money. Yeah. And then uh you know I I lived at Ponkapog for many years. That was my that was my jam. Yeah. And we're blessed like being in Boston to have so much Donald Ross around. Like it's incredible. And I you know, I do a lot of research and I look around and I mean he's he's Massachusetts. Like you talk about, you know, Pinehurst claims them and rightfully so, you know, he lived in Rhode Island, but he came, he lived in Newton, he's buried in Newton. Like yeah. he's he's I mean, we got a strong case that he's you know, he's as much mass as anything else. So yeah.
0: um that's where he landed, right? It's where he started yeah. once he got yeah. over here and from Scotland. Just
1: the mount you know, he has the most courses in New England and everything else. And, like, the fact that he chose to rest here is wild. But Yeah. Anyway, so you start realizing, like, I I just – I played punk ponk because I love the golf course. I read Donald Ross. who grew up in New England. You know, I played George Wright, um, Sandy Burr, like, all this stuff. So then, you know – you, I just wanted to play public courses. That's all I wanted to do for a long time because I lived in Boston. That's like, it's like Switzerland. You can go north. You're not a North shore guy. You're not a South shore guy. Like you're in the middle. You can do, you can do like whatever you want. And it was fun. Just like, you know, we're all young. No one had kids. Yada, yada, yada. Like just playing it. But then everyone has kids. Those tea times are hard to get. Yeah. And then Plymouth and this is the thing. Like, yes, it's a private course, but like when I joined in 2015, it was 500 bucks for like the spring membership. So I knew all the Donald Ross courses around and like I was trying to check them off like little by little. And, you know, I just knew that's something I loved. <clears throat> I checked out the website. I knew so much about it, but I'd never seen it. And then I drove down in like March of 2015 and they gave me a cart. I started driving around. I'm like, all right, first hole's cool you know, next hole's cool. And then you get to four and you're like, oh shit, this is pretty awesome. And yeah. five, you're like, what is going on? I got a punch bowl. I'm going up to a short par four. And I'm like, so then, you know, I fell in love in, in 2015 and joined. And, you know, it's, and you know it, right? You'd uh, Yeah,
0: it. I have played it, um, caddied a couple times there. So yeah, I've been around it a few times.
1: Yeah, so it's this, totally like hidden gem in, in many, like people that know it, love it. Right. But on, on the big radar, it's, it's still way off and you'll, it pops up from time to time, like guys that know it and stuff. But, um, you know, I just fell in love and then I started asking people, there was guys that were carrying the torch before I got there. Right. So we have this big restoration project going on. There was like, de facto club historians. And I was just picking their brain like all the time. And yeah. the more I, more I learned about it, like Plymouth has this pretty crazy story and we can get into it if you're not. But like, you know, we were short on members. We were looking for new members. And I was like, the more I learned, I was like, this is incredible. Like we have this unbelievable story and this great golf course and we're doing this restoration plan. And I love doing research in golf history anyways. <laughs> so you know, part of the Donald Ross Society, part of the historian thing. So I went to the board and basically asked, like, if I could be named the official club historian for a couple different reasons, right? So it helps me get access to stuff, right? So if you call up and say, hey, I would love to, you know, learn about your history, they're going to be like, who is this guy? But if you actually say, like, hey, I'm the historian of Plymouth Country Club, you know, I, I love Donald Ross and blah, blah, blah. It just carries that little bit of weight but the big thing about it is to be able to research and then promote the club and it's basically to promote it within and so it's it's not even like external it's like i do all this digging research We can talk about that but basically to relay it back to the members so they know how special of a place it really is right Right. so there's all these little details about the history of the course and and where it came from and where it is today that people that have been there for a long time don't know and i get all fired up about it so at least <laughs> so i'll do like and i'm working on another presentation for the membership but that's the idea right so the idea was i love it i want to promote it i want to be able to tell people about it i'm doing all this research anyways and accumulating as much stuff as i can to be able to tell this unbelievable story so um, that's how you get named the historian and, <laughs> Usually they're about 30 years older than I am. But
0: that's, <laughs> that's, yeah, uh, that, it's, uh, I was on the website today just poking around and looking through the timeline of the golf course. It is pretty fascinating that it started as a nine-hole course and then Ross came and built the second nine, right? So he wasn't even involved at the, in the, at the first step. And his, for his nine was so much better than the other nine that they
1: yeah, brought him in yeah. to build
0: another. And have twenty-seven holes.
1: Yeah, it's so funny, and and if you dig into like any course, right, you'll have the date of like on the scorecard. It says like nineteen ten, and it says like Donald Ross course. Right. Usually, all that is like BS, right? Because it's when the club is founded, and then in early golf America, like there was so many. You know, they founded it. It was three holes, like blah blah blah, and then if you look a lot like Alex Finley did tons of work and like he usually started all these golf courses and then Ross just came in and like fixed them all up and then he gets credit, but the club was founded in 1910. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it actually started, there was a hotel on the water that had three holes and that's, so there's actually across the road on the water was where it all started. And then um, Alex Finley actually did nine so it was a nine hole golf course. Yeah. Hornblower who's incredible story in himself, He donated yeah. the land. Right. Cause he was like, I just love golf. And then Ross came in in 21 and was like built what is our front nine now pretty much. And then the members were like, this is way better, this is way <laughs> better than the Alex Finley course. Um, so then, so Wow, we can get – and then they came – then Ross came back in 29. And at one point, there was 27 holes. Yeah. Yeah, so there was a – it was the Bayview it was public. And then there was the Valley Nine, and then there was Pine Hills, which is funny because now there's a that whole other right. golf course called Pine Hills.
0: Yeah, House. yeah. Um, yeah, the, Horn oh, – sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. I was going to say Hornblower. I, I know that tournament, and I always thought that it was – the name was just kind of a a, a right. seaside, a seaside yeah. term. And I, I learned today as I was looking up, just kind of poking around, that it was actually a person. <laughs> it's a guy, yeah. Harry Homeblower.
1: <laughs> he was he was like the man. Like yeah. I didn't I didn't know it either. And that's one of the funny things about just doing research and digging into history, is you go down these rabbit holes, and that's the, kind of the beauty of Plymouth. So like I knew the hornblower. Growing up, I never got invited, obviously because I wasn't good enough. To <laughs> I knew of it as like a premier event in New England and everything else, but I, again, I didn't know it was a, I didn't know it was a dude. Like I didn't know it was a guy. But yeah. He was. I mean, he they when he died, it was in newspapers all across the country. Like he was. It was. He was a big financial guy, and he was very well off. Um, he lived in Boston he was a member of the country club and then he founded Plymouth country club because he loved golf and he gave the land for them to build on it he's like as long as I have golf like in my backyard like we'll do it um, but this is the crazy thing right so I mean he's he's unbelievable he saved the club and the tournament's named after him and it starts back in the teens and everything so it's it's a great story but one of the things that makes Plymouth special is he was like close personal friends with Donald Ross. Even to the point where the day Hornblower died, he played golf with Donald Ross that morning. Wow. Yeah. So it's like one of those things where, you know, Ross did 400 courses and he's writing up plans, he's shipping them off like from the train to other courses and. <laughs> And, but these courses have these unbelievable, like hand drawn plans. So here I am as a historian, I can't find shit. I'm like, I got nothing. I got no plans. I got no drawings. And I'm like, how can this be? Like I know him on he's on site. Like Bradley Klein's book has him like on site, but I can't find anything. So I talked to uh Mike Fay, who was like the captain of the Donald Ross Society. Yeah. Called him out of the blue, right? This is where it's good. <laughs> this is where it's good to be Quote unquote historian, (laughs) so you can say, Hey, I'm representing. Anyway, cuts me off, and he's like, Oh, yeah, that's Hornblower's place. He's like, Ross spent a lot of time there. And I was like, So his theory, he knew that they were friends. Yeah. And um, they're friends from Pinehurst. But, anyways, so the reason why we don't, his theory is we don't have plans because Ross used to stay and hang out at his big spread by the water, and he did all the work himself. So he didn't need plants because he was on site. Oh wow! Yeah. And so, it's, so yeah. So I mean, it's it's a fascinating thing. Like I have articles where they're playing in four ball tournaments before Plymouth was before Ross built his nine. So they were like buddies. Um,
0: so so, I, so yeah. you mentioned um, a like that you're doing working through a restoration right now. Hmm. So how does that work when you are looking for or don't have kind of original Ross plans? What's the, what's the process for you or for the club? It's a good question. No. So we, we have aerials from the forties. Yeah. I've seen some of those on your Instagram.
1: Yeah. So we have aerials from the forties, which again, that's 20 years, you know, it's 20 years of growth, but yeah. you can, but you can see they're pretty good and you can see trees that were planted, right. Cause they're a little shrubby guys. And then you can see the width of the bunkers. Um, so it's pretty good. Like, you get a good sense of it. We have drawings from when he laid out the course in 29 for the back nine. <clears throat> so that's pretty dialed in. Some of the bunkers are different and stuff. But I would – I I mean, it's like uh, – it's like Goonies when they're going through the <laughs> – the tunnel, and you find like the remains of Chester Copperpot. It's like I'm digging, I'm digging through the tunnel, trying to. there's, like remains of other guys that never got it this far. I'm still digging. I'm trying to find those, <laughs> trying to find those early aerials. So we'll get it. But um, yeah, I mean that's. Have you? When was the last time you saw Plymouth?
0: Or I played it last. I played it last August, and I caddied there. Uh, last July, my buddy was playing in the Mass Sam qualifier that they, that they had in, oh, yeah. whenever nice. ju- in June. So I saw it twice last summer.
1: Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, Plymouth was ahead of their time. They did, they started the restoration. They had Ian Andrew come in, in 2010 and put together a plan. Now the problem is <laughs> you need money to
0: execute the plan. Yep.
1: So, like, if you think about this wave of restorations, right? It's been hot the last few years, and all these big name clubs are just getting to it. So, like, Plymouth was amazing; like, they were well ahead of the time in terms of like thinking this is something they need to do. The problem is the big name clubs knocked that bad boy out in like a winter. We're chipping yeah. away in like 12 years, but that's all right. We uh, we're on a good pace, so we have the plan by Ian Andrew, right? So now it's just about executing. Um tree removal's been big. So that's done, you know, tremendous things to open it up, get the air, get the sun. Um so we're we're doing really well and things this winter. There's actually a board meeting tonight and waiting, waiting on results to to find out if everything got approved. But we should um continue on that restoration plan and it's only gonna get better year after year. I mean, especially and that's where the historian thing comes in, right? So you build pride in the membership, more people get fired up, realize what they have, maybe donate a little bit more money to the restoration. And then that accelerates that. And then you're playing, you're playing the golf course that it really can be right. So it's, there's so many courses that are like maxed out. Right. So like they're as good as they can be courses that have money. It's like pristine condition. They've done the work. It's like, that's as hot as it's possibly going to get. Yeah. Plymouth is like this cute little girl in the corner that you're like, oh, this is pretty nice, but like the her potential is off the charts. Yeah, and you know it all comes back to just explaining it, communication, take a lot of pictures, promote it to the club, and then you know it's it'll get up there to to be what it deserves to be.
0: So as the as the historian, are you more have you found yourself more interested in? the kind of the history of the actual course the people who kind of came about at the beginning um, a mixture of both like what what interests you about about Plymouth
1: yeah so my big thing is the course because architecture is like kind of my my jam like that's what I love the most but you got these figures like Henry Hornblower in the mix that are just these like unbelievably influential people right so then you start learning more about them and their family and their legacy. Like they were all members at the country club. Plymouth became Plymouth was like their summer home. It's like where you summered, which is funny to think. Like it was a big deal to go from Boston down to Plymouth (laughs) and the logo, their original logo is actually the, you know, the country club is TCC with that uh, script and the C's are in opposite directions. Yeah. So the original logo of Plymouth is the same script. It's PCC and with the C's going thing. So they started their club in Plymouth. They just used the same logo <laughs> as that. And here you go. You think these people, you know, Plymouth, you know, people say like it's a blue collar. It's a VFW with a golf course. Like people, you know, will say that. And I'm like, well, if you want to go back, like we're really like the birth child of members of the country club. Right. So yeah. it's like hold your head high and. And believe what you have. But um golf course is important. The people and the story of you know, Plymouth is just historic in itself. Right. <laughs> um it's like they built on Eben Jordan's land, who was like Jordan Marsh, like the <laughs> the department store was like yeah. one of the richest, richest guys in the country at that point. Like he had passed, but they built it on his land. Um that stone wall that runs through like 14 and 16. Yeah. Yeah. It's an original road of like, there's four roads in Plymouth or like the country at that point, it was North to Boston, West to Taunton, South to Cape Cod. And then the road that runs through the golf course. Wow. And you can take it, you can like overlay like maps from the 17s and 1800s and it runs right over the golf course. Right. So it's like, yeah, I love the architecture, but then you stumble into all these things and you're like, oh, it's one of the oldest roads in the country, like running through our golf course, next to the <laughs> stone wall. Um, so, and they found like arrowheads, like in the stone wall from the Wampanoags. I mean, it's it's crazy. So, um, not that people really care about all these details, but it's, no, it's like, fascinating. And it's more a lesson for like any golf course or anyone that you know in today's age. It's like those upper el- elite level courses have no issues with members, right? They have a waiting lists and they're good but it's like how do these mid-level courses survive and how do they how do they thrive right so a lot of it is just being able to have that compelling story and differentiating yourself from everyone else that's out there yeah so
0: yeah
1: like I don't want Plymouth to be I don't want them to change it's they I don't everyone's like you don't have a pool you know you don't have tennis courts I don't want any of that like right? Yeah. You so you're just a good golf course and try to make it the best you can. And then you'll, you know, if you're true to yourself, you'll attract
0: people. So. Yep. That's always the way it works. So is the par 69? Yeah. Um, one of those things that I, for, cause even for me from a distance before I had played it or really seen it, you know, it's that automatic like scorecard check and you see, you don't see a 70, 71 or 72. Um, is that something that you're thinking about with the restoration or are you, are you guys just That's a good question? sticking with uh, the par. It,
1: yeah, no, we're sticking with it. And I was the same way when I joined and it wasn't about, it wasn't 69. It was that there's only one par five and it comes on 16. Yep. So in the beginning, I just felt like, you know, if it's a song, like I felt it wasn't it was, it was like stumbling through, and then it hits it, and then it's like, it's not quite balanced, right? Because it's some different notes, and then it picks up on the back nine, and, and then you're in. But the more you play it, the less you notice it. So that's, that's one, one of the big things. The other thing is like when I was talking to Ian Andrew when he was doing a walkthrough,
0: and I was like,
1: so originally it was designed as a par seventy. I should mention. Yeah,
0: that. two two was shortened, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, so there's actually three holes off the back of like eight, which they sold for money, which is a whole other story. Which they <laughs> did like they did some dirty deeds to like so it was it was not good what they did to the guy that had yeah. the land, but they sold off which were awesome holes, and then they built one, two, three, what is today? They mirrored the the yardage, so it basically played the same. But two was a par five, so it was par seventy. Those are all still Ross holes, but then the stupid highway came in and they shortened two to a par four. So the second green is not, is the only non-Ross green.
0: So <clears throat> okay.
1: Right. So that's part of it. I mean, I think, um, some of his other 69s like one of Moises, I think was designed as 69. I don't think that changed. So Plymouth is in that, love number club, but it's, it's, you know, it was, it was built to 70, Yeah. but the, um, so I had talked to you and Andrew, like, I was like, all right, you know, if there was a hole that could go to a par five, like, what would it be? And I knew, I knew it was a testy subject, but it, it's the right answer. It's like, there's holes you could potentially do that too, but you're going to weaken the hole. So it's like, do you Twelve. actually make, yeah. So Twelve it's like, one. You could do 12, you could do nine technically, but 12, we already lengthened. It's like a stout par four, right? It's a good
0: par four, yeah.
1: So you're going to make it like a –
0: Easy par five.
1: You're going to make it an easy, okay par five. You're going to make nine like a little awkward to be a par five. It's like, no, just build the best holes that you can build, and then whatever that par comes out to – it's so now it's like a sense of pride. It's like, I love, you know, you roll in you think it's 6,300 yards and you're going to tear it up. (laughs) I mean, it's hard. I mean, you, you have long clubs and it's, it's a tough test. So yeah, 69 is weird, but it's one of those things. It's like once you get to know it, it, it makes more sense. And, and the, you, you wait all round to get to that one par five to actually have like a birdie chance. And then you go play somewhere else where there's four par fives. You're like, Oh my God, this is unbelievable.
0: <laughs> the balance thing is interesting. Um, think I when I caddy, we put, we, keyed, we teed off of 10. Oh yeah that's, a tough um, hole to yeah. that's a tough hole to start on. Even like 10, 11, 12, just as an opening stretch when you're playing at a qualifier because 11 and 12 are two really good par fours back-to-back. back to back.
1: Yeah, it's the gauntlet. Yeah, it's brutal,
0: really tough. Um, but yeah, I think the balance is interesting. Like Concord Country Club is kind of the same, where you have the first hole, and then the seventeenth are the only two par fives. Um, another Ross course.
1: Yeah,
0: it's just you can kind of feel you can feel the imbalance, and it's a par seventy, and there's a bunch of really hard par fours. But Plymouth does not have a lot of like driver flip wedge where you're just oh. kind of like you hit two or three holes in a row where you're feeling like, Oh, this is an easy, easy little golf course.
1: It's crazy. Cause we, we were talking about this the other night. It's like, if you bring a guest, they usually play pretty well their first round yeah. because they just like pull clubs, hit it. Like they don't know like some of the spots to miss it or like how treacherous some of the greens can be. So it's like just golf, in general, like, if you don't know how bad it can be, like, you just play well. Then the next time you come back, you're like, oh, yeah, I, I saw how dangerous it was to miss long on seven. and It's an 80-yard shot, but then all of a sudden you're, like, chunking it, sculling it, right? I mean, the hornblower gets the best players in New England, you know, guys yeah. that yeah. are turned pro and All-Americans in college and stuff, and, like, one or two under or even wins the thing over two days, so – It's pretty crazy.
0: So the seventh is an interesting hole as far as the green. Is that (laughs) it's just it is incredibly difficult if you are anywhere above the pin or if the pin's in the front is that like what are the holes that get members hackles up the most? Seven and eight. Seven and eight yeah eight's another.
1: I actually think eight might be tougher but it's the it's the world that we're in, right? So it's like, one, green speeds are faster. Yep. Two, I mean, we're talking about greens that probably haven't been touched in 100 years. Like, I, I don't know everything, but, like, I don't think there's been much work. I mean, that's part of the beauty of Plymouth is, like, they didn't have money to do a lot. So it's pretty, it's pretty much intact for a lot. Of- <laughs> all right. So those slopes are, you know, you got machines going on all the time. So it might be a little severe. Um but it's like almost every day it's very playable. You just got to like take some spin off, you just got to get it on there and it and you got to hit the right section and it's like firm but fair. But you get those couple days <laughs> where it's firm and they shave them down and you're like, "All right, well maybe this isn't maybe we crossed into goofy golf." Yeah. But, but also i mean it's also like i would hate to see that become it's a that's like high that's like brain surgery right if you went sure. in there to try to do something it's like you need a mastermind or else you're going to mess it up you're going to ruin the integrity of those holes so in, until you have i don't yeah it's going to until you have someone that can do it perfectly it's like let it let it be what it is right yeah
0: is there is there some sort of um like calculus to the grade of a green and the speed that greens are in now versus so like in 1920 when this course was built, the speed and the and the slope could, they could build it so it matches. There's a calculus to that.
1: Yeah. And, and I don't know exactly what it is, but like you talked or you see this stuff on Twitter with the architects and stuff like they know those grades and those degrees. Like that's, that's their whole thing. Right. So they can try to match it up, but it's like, it's tough. It's like once you go in and do that surgery, like is it ever quite the same? Yeah. I I, I think eight. So seven is like the steepness. Eight. The problem is it's shrunk down. So you used to have a lot more land there. Like that green is, you know, there's tons more room where it used to exist. So you had more places for that ball to land instead of it totally spinning off. But yeah, it, that's and it applies to like every golf course. You know, it's not Plymouth. It's everyone's dealing with the same thing. It's current day green speeds. How do you balance out members? that want it fast. Um, you know, I'd, I'd almost rather just have them play slower and be smooth than you know, ch- change the entire green, but yeah, it's just, that's, a, that's the way golf is right now.
0: <clears throat> what's, uh, the last couple of things on Plymouth, what's your favorite hole in the golf course and then your favorite stretch of, of mm-hmm. three or four?
1: Yeah, that's good. You know, you're supposed to love all your kids the same. <laughs> the the second shot on 5. So those that, you know, haven't played it, it's you hit over this pit which used to be where they dug the sand out for all the bunkers. So it's like you hit over this, you know, dug out area and it looks pretty cool. So the tee shot but it's a little blind and you so you don't really know. You just or firing, firing it over this little crevasse. And then the second shot, like my days kind of made if I hit it far enough where you can look down for your second shot because you get up and then you look down into this big bowl, like natural yeah. bowl amphitheater. The they used to be all trees, and then they took them out, and now it's just like fescue blowing in the wind, like down into this bowl. And then you can, you can fly it to the hole you can take two clubs off and like run something down. So it's pretty cool. You know, if if you have lumber in, you still got a shot like, or you have nine iron, you can fly right there. So it's not even just the hole itself. I mean, that second shot, it's like, I get pissed if I don't hit, if I don't hit the shot where I get the good luck for, you know, to, to take it in. I think that's also the moment where you bring someone for the first time and they're enjoying them, you know, enjoying themselves. And they kind of crest that hill a little bit. And then all of a sudden it, Wait, where am I again? What's this Plymouth Country Club? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know it. It wakes people up, and then you go six, and then you go seven. Um, so the, yeah, I mean I, it's tough, but that five usually grabs most people's attention. So I'll go with five.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's um, good. Any stretches, even if it's not five, six, seven, is there a stretch in the course that you that you like as well?
1: That was Dokes in Dokes' book. He liked he he liked five six seven um and i uh, i don't know i think 10 we're doing work to 10 taking some trees out i think 10 11 12 will be pretty good Thirteen's awesome except
0: this
1: guy built this ugly house behind it which is oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) he was a club president I gotta be careful what I say, but yeah, he was the club president and he has this giant house behind the 13th green, which is terrible. It's the only house you can see on the whole golf course. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that would be a, that'd be a cool hole. Um, yeah. So I guess he we talk um, 10, 11, 12. And if 13 gets fixed, that's special. Um, yeah. So I guess those are the two big, right? So if you come off nine, you're playing pretty good. Then all of a sudden you got to try to take on 10, 11, 12. You get through 12 and you're like playing. All right. It's like, woo, Yeah. You can take it. You can breathe a little bit, but
0: yeah. Yeah. You want to play, I feel like 11 and 12. If you play. you want to play them at like nine shots. It's like a par nine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, even one, two, three tough. So if I can go one, two, three, like one over and then go 10, 11, 12, like one over and like start each 9 I'm like, all right. Yeah. We, can, we got something here.
0: Yep. Um, all right, let's talk about Mass. So did, you, did you grow up in Massachusetts? You a local, um, somewhat local?
1: Yeah, so the one thing I want to just touch back on Plymouth on, just like real quick, yeah. I think part of the magic of it is that, I mean, for guys that are like under 30, you could play 10 rounds or I think I did the math. It was like 13 rounds at Pine Hills. Mm -hmm. Or you can, or you can be a member at Plymouth all year long. And it's like, you know, people, and it's like, you know, I write under poor golf guide and people will give me heat on that all the time. But it's like, this is, this is the version of private quote unquote private golf that you want. I mean, if you're under 35, you play Pine Hills 20 times and you could play Plymouth your whole. So it's not about money. It's about like, do you want to be in a relationship? Like, do you want to be, do you want to, do you want to go out and play the field? And if you do, fine. But if you want to like make a little bit of a commitment and play a decent amount of golf at one place, I mean, you're saving you're saving money um, by being at a at a place like Plymouth. Anyways, yeah. that's my that's my plug. That's your membership plug. I love that's it. My membership plug. Come enjoy. Uh, all right, Mass Golf. I grew up in New Hampshire. Okay, um, Southern New Hampshire, and then, but I've lived in Boston proper since 2005. Okay, right after the Sox won the World Series. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been here for you know 15 years. Um, so obviously, it's been my home longer than anywhere else.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I asked a question on here: five golf courses in Mass, or five rounds in Mass? How would you? How would you spread them out? You can play five different places, you can play one place five times. Um, It's
1: like like the hardest question.
0: I know, I know. So it was supposed to be 10 and then I was at a minute left in my episode with Matt Parziali and I just made it five and I thought five's interesting, makes it a little harder.
1: Well, there's a million different ways to think about this, right? It's like, are you gonna die right after? And you wanna
0: like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah your final five rounds ever
1: <laughs> yeah and it's like so for me like a big thing is like i want to go to a place that i feel comfortable which will probably contradict myself on some of these top five <clears throat> but imagine pulling into a place and like i hate pulling into a place where there's going to be a valet and like i don't know mm. if my trunk's i don't know if my trunk's clean enough like what what's back there like i they going to get are they going to drive my car like what do i have what do I have in my cup holder? Like that stuff stresses me out. So if I'm gonna die soon, like I don't want to be stressed out on these last five rounds. <laughs> I want to have like a solid spot. Um, so my three are my three are locked solid. There's this place called Plymouth Country Club down in Plymouth, Mass. Yeah, I would yep. I would want to spend of <laughs> around there. Maybe maybe one or two. Um, but honestly, two is Ponkapog.
0: Ponca oh, number one.
1: one? No, it's that's number two. Pog, oh, Pog- course Pog- number one? Course number one? <clears throat> I want course number one. Okay. Minus those holes that Silva redid a couple years ago, and it's terrible. I want old Ponca from like 10 years ago when there was only nine holes on course one, and it was like a hybrid, and those babies were awesome. And I want to play that. Two times, or I just want to, or I'll play course those nine holes and then course two as well. I do not want to play those shit holes that cost five million dollars to do and they suck.
0: Which I don't even know. I don't know the story.
1: Yeah. So Ponca Pog was thirty-six holes, right? So it used to be this big like New England Junior thing and everything. Yeah. And I, I I forget exactly when they lost those holes, but through like the the wetlands in the back and that pond and stuff like nine holes like got flooded then there's like this endangered frog or something so they couldn't like fix it so i wrote something about this a couple years ago like i would have all i wanted was to see ponkapog restored like that was my number one. I didn't care what else happened. I just wanted to see, I heard these rumors. You could walk out there and see the old like closed holes and the greens were still kind of mowed. And I was like, oh my God, it's like, <laughs> like lost golf. This is incredible. Like someday. And then they did it. The state put in $5 million and they, and they redid it. And I, when I booked that tee time to play it for the first time, I thought I was playing like wingfoot. I mean, I was so jacked is- up. To see this place that I loved and to see it be restored, and it, it I mean, it's like super narrow. So you play one, two, so you just played it recently, right?
0: I played it in uh, June, yeah. For the yes. first time, I'd never played before. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it used to be just magical. But anyway, so you play, let's say, one, and then two the par three. Yeah. Right? So you used to go directly right and play that par five, like when it was it's just not- the nine. You go ninth? back and play yeah towards that clubhouse so when you step out now and you play that weird dog leg left yeah now, yeah all that crap is what <coughs> Silva quote-unquote restored I someone needs to explain to me what the heck happened there but
0: those so players, it's that little loop of like uh so that would be three four five six seven yeah because
1: so yeah so it's easier if I walk through like what it used to be, right? So you'd play one, two, then you'd play nine coming back. Yep. Then you'd play ten going out. Yeah, the dog leg left.
0: Yeah. It's a good hole. Yeah.
1: And then you would play that next one, like right there, which it goes out and dog legs left. Yep. You wouldn't cross back over, right? You would I think you'd play that. And then you play what I think is the rest coming in. So it, then it's like. Uh, let's see, 16's that long part three, Seventeen's the hole up to the right, and then eighteen's coming back to the clubhouse. Yep. So those other nine were just opened up a few years ago. Oh, okay. It, before I'm dying, I just want to play the other nine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, okay. That's, I didn't know that was, uh, that happened.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite moments is like <laughs> when I really wasn't playing, I, but, um, Mass Ann was at the country club and I qualified. So to be on the first tee at the country club and announce my name from Ponkapog, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> like the contradictory of like being at the <laughs> most historic famous place and riding in when I was paying $15 greens fees to play Ponkapog, like that was
0: awesome. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Um so anyways, I love Ponkapog, and they'll always be special. But like, I won't go back now because I don't want to look at those other holes. I'll play two instead of instead of one. Um, anyways, all right. So this is getting long. So it's yeah, Plymouth, Ponkapog, um, Three is going to be Boston Golf Club. Yep. So have you played it?
0: I have. Yeah, a yeah. few times.
1: Yeah. So I think that's the beauty of it too, right? So if you just played it once, it's awesome. Um, but if you play it a few times, like that thing, my brain becomes a pretzel for like three days. Every time I play it, I'm like, what exactly did I experience? Like, what was going on there? Um,
0: Things happen real quick. Couple, yeah. You'll play like four holes and you'll kind of like wake up like, I just made a bunch of really big numbers. It's like,
1: <laughs> but it's like Disneyland when you walk in there and then there's like, you know they mix up the tees and the pins are in all these different places and it's just this <clears throat> wild ride and i do have like now actually know some people there and have a friend there so that takes on part of the special thing but i wrote something about it like after i played and it's crazy to think but gil hands actually saw it and he put it on his website so i have a write up it's like if you go to his thing on boston golf club be like put something up to it so obviously it means a lot to me meant a lot that he kind of recognized. Like I was, I was picking up what he was putting down. Yeah. Um, and then the story behind that, like John Minnick, the guy that like created it and built it and stuff. I mean, they, they have a history book on it too, that it's funny, you know, a book that's, or of course it's not that old. They have this (laughs) history on it. And it's, I mean, that guy was amazing. Like it's like, Everything everyone's hyped up about the buck club, like building your own thing. Like he built, he thought about every little detail where a tree was in the woods. Like he took stones from the church in Boston, like put it in and he, he built his like dream place and like from all accounts, he was like the nicest guy ever. So it's, it's not just the great golf course. It's not just what, you know, put Gil on the map. It's like, that's, you know, you kind of feel John's vibe when you're out there. Like this meant a lot to the guy that created it, right? So it's a pretty special place. So if I only had five rounds, I'd, you know, I'd go pay my respects over there and and think get about your butt it. Kicked. Yeah, get my butt kicked and <laughs> spend five days wondering what the heck happened.
0: i played there three times and every, my scores have gotten higher each time. It's kind of like what you're saying with Plymouth. The first time I played, I, I don't know if I was just, you know, the ignorance is bliss and you can fire pins and then suddenly the next time you show up and you're, you got an iron in your hand. Cause you can, you can hit the ball off the tee. Like you're may, usually in the fairway. You can usually look at the green and then you're terrified of where you, where to hit it.
1: And that's, that's my favorite type of golf where it, it you know, it's like what Ross does too. It's like, it gives you room, but it gets tougher the closer that you get. So give me options. And then you know, don't beat me up off the tee, so I lose a lot of golf balls. But like, make me think the whole time, and you know, I, I call those like paper cuts. Like, you don't really <laughs> do anything that bad, but all of a sudden you got oh, there's a oh, bo- oh, bogey, oh, um and that's you know, that thing was built to be like a second club, right? And that's why yeah. it's such a wild ride because you go there. That's why it's open on Mondays because you know usually close clubs are closed on Mondays. So you go there and you just. It's so different. And I, you know, it's the guys that go there, they're like, oh, the greens are too wild because everyone loves golf for a lot of different reasons. And some people love golf because they want to shoot the lowest score that they can. And it's, it's not that type of place. You, no. you gotta like, you gotta, you gotta just buckle up and enjoy the ride. And however, <laughs> however that score ends up, it ends up.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a fun place. I, I sometimes bristle after after around there because the greens are so difficult and I am not the greatest chipper and putter of the golf ball. It's Um, it's
1: you gotta just eject. Like I would hate to like, (laughs) if you signed up for like a mass Am qualifier or or even the mass and there, I don't know if I'd really enjoy it. Like sweating out putts and everything else, but yeah, you just want to like take it all in and try different shots. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's, you got to set expectations for yourself. And I think that's where people get in trouble or, or like, if they don't like it, it's just cause they're, they're not, you know, they're looking at it in a different way.
0: Yeah. I've tried very hard. We'll get, we'll get to your fourth. I've tried very hard on this whole playing a bunch of new places to not let how I play affect how I see the place. And it's like a mindset that you have to have. Um You have to. Yeah.
1: And I know everyone, I know everyone loves golf for different reasons and stuff, but it's like, it's, if you just go and enjoy yourself and like, think about like, oh, what's this shot supposed to do? I mean, golf's always going to win if you worry about score, like it's always going to win. You can beat it once, you can beat it twice, but at the end of the day, like, it's going to get you. It's almost like skiing, right? So like you go skiing you're not keeping score. You're like just enjoying yourself going down the hill. Yeah. Imagine if you were like, ah,
0: timing yourself.
1: Yeah. Be like, I, the third turn I didn't take quite right. And then you're like pissed about it instead of just like going down. It's like skiing. You always have a good time. As long as you like do it, like you can incorporate some of that and like not be too worried about exactly what the score is. You can have a lot more fun. Now at the same time, like I love grinding out and, and trying to post a score with everyone else. But it's sometimes when you go to see those new places. I mean, how many times would do you ask someone like, hey, what'd you think of so what course? And they're like, Oh, I loved it. I'm like, How'd you play? They're like, Oh, I played great. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Uh, how about your fourth one?
1: Yeah, I mean, after this, it kind of like falls off a little bit because those three just mean a lot to me. And then now it's like, do you pick something you know and like do you pick pick something you don't even know like, yeah. pick
0: like a, <laughs> I love your attitude this is great what a great angle
1: <laughs> yeah yeah like so, uh, so I mean I was gonna say I think you make a day out of it and you do eastward ho but then you do Chatham Seaside Links you gotta okay. you gotta do that as one have you played Chatham Seaside Links
0: I have not no
1: it's awesome man it's like so eastward ho is obviously incredible i just think that's you know it's just a just this cool cool spot wild ride i almost didn't pick it because you got the wild ride in boston golf club maybe i want something a little soother like maybe i need something a little easier but if you can compare if you can get chatham seaside links as like one guy that's pretty awesome because you'd play one of the most special places, but then you dip to this tiny little nine holer that's like tucked in between Chatham bars Inn. Yeah. And it is the poor man's eastward hoe, man. It is, it's just a special place. You still get sea breezes rolling terrain up and down. You hit off some master turf teas every <laughs> once in a while, but that's no big deal. Yeah. Um, just cool greens. And, you know, if you think about it, like five experiences or like five places you want to go play, you do both of those, you know, somehow if you can get lucky enough to get on Eastward Hope. Right. Then you pay $15 or whatever it is to go play Chatham Seaside Links
0: Um, With a beer in hand.
1: Yeah, (laughs) a chowder at the Squire and you're good. (laughs) Uh, So that's, you know, that's a special day, I think. Eastward Ho, I know it's rising up the ranks and stuff, but there's not much else out there like it.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: And then after that, I don't know, like, well, I'll cheat just to throw in a plug. It's not in mass, but you got to go up and play Bretwood up in Keene, New Hampshire, 36 holes, family owned, buy a milkshake for like $4, (sighs) sit on rocking chairs just look over. It used to be a farm. It's like one of the best takes It meanders around the river, covered bridges. It's like quintessential <clears throat> New Hampshire, New England. Um, and you go up there and it's all mass plates because everyone's driving up there.
0: Yeah. Is that where you grew up playing?
1: Uh, yeah, I worked there yeah. in the shop and did a lot, but it's, I mean, I'd still go back just to, just to see it. But I mean, it's like all Connecticut cars. It's all mass cars, you know, in this, in this world of, social media, everyone trying to find hidden gems and stuff. It's like, just go up there and enjoy yourself. It's like 70 bucks with a cart. All you can play. It's awesome. Yeah.
0: I'm glad you gave at least one place North of the city.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, and then, so for five, um, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of good places, but you know, it's like, I, I haven't seen Worcester in years. So I'd love uh, to go back and see. So
0: Worcester. I was a member there for oh, man. about 10 years. Uh, I went to Holy cross and, my family joined when I was a freshman, um, and man, that place is amazing. I loved playing there.
1: It's, it's like I I scrubbed clubs in uh, ten years ago in the recession. Um, they downsized my job, lost my job, didn't know what to do, so I just went and scrubbed clubs at Salem so I could go and and play that. So I mean, I, I love Salem. It was good. Like Winchester is awesome, but. I mean, it's been a while since I played Worcester, but something about Worcester really stuck with my mind a little bit. I mean, it might be the, the whole under thing a little bit too, right? So they get they get overshadowed a little bit, but I think it's, from what I remember, it was as good of a golf course or golf experience as I can remember.
0: It's so good. Yeah, it's definitely another place where if you're like under 30, not yeah. to steal your... Plymouth Country Club plug, but like if you live out in that area and you're under thirty and you love playing golf, that that place was a steal. When so I was, when I was in my twenties.
1: Plus, they have real history, right? When they yeah. like,
0: I mean, they like, first Ryder Cup, yeah, first uh, first course to host the Ryder Cup in both men's and women's opens.
1: I mean. Um, with covid and everything and everyone moving out of the city it's like one what the heck are you and i doing here stuck in in the city like on top of each other all the advantage all the advantages of being in the city can't walk to the can't walk to games if you can get into a bar you're sitting between plastic windshield (laughs) that's not fun. I would, I would move West. Well, obviously I'm kind of tied in with Plymouth, but I would move West, join Worcester and live a happy life. Yeah. Um, that would be, that would be pretty special. So yeah, I mean four and five, you can switch out, but those are, uh, those are places that kind of jumped to my mind next, yeah. so, but you could do, I mean, myopia is incredible, but again, like, that's so like, I wouldn't feel comfortable in there. Like you got to wear a jacket or I think they actually changed that. There is like a hidden little bar. Have you played myopia?
0: Yeah. I used to, I used to teach up on the North shore and I taught a lot. Oh, of no me- way. I taught a lot of members kids and I've been invited to play there uh, a handful awesome. of times. Yeah. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. I forget what hole it was, but like the member I <coughs> took us out, he was like, Hey, come over here. And we like walked through this little path. We popped out into like one of those buildings off to the side. And then there was like a bar in there. And I was like, you poured beers so you just like sign your name to do it. And there's like these beautiful old paintings and like the old wood. I was like, this is the coolest <laughs> thing. This is the coolest thing ever. And they just hop back out and play myopia. Like, this is incredible. Um,
0: the, the iced I mean, tea and the lemonade so many, on the night you know, tea. It's great.
1: I mean, there's, I mean, we're lucky now. So there's just so much good golf. And the problem is so much of it. Well, we are lucky. That there's a ton of good public as well. But you know, so much of the good stuff, I mean I've chipped away all these years just to be able to see some of them. Imagine loving books and like not being able to get into the library Yeah, and they're like, sorry.
0: (laughs) That's a great analogy. Yeah. They're just just locked out.
1: Yeah. And then they're like, oh you can read a synopsis from someone else that read the book. It's like, no, I kind of want to read the book for myself. I really, I really like books, and they're like, "No, sorry, man. We can put, we can put you on a waiting list." Like, what's your job? Like, no, it's like really, I really like Mark Twain. Like, I want to see what he's got.
0: You could pay a ton of money to get into the bookstore. Yeah, it it's sucks. It's like,
1: yeah. especially if you love golf and love golf architecture. There's got to be a way to be able to figure out, like, where people that really love it can just go see it. I'll I mean, call a place and be like, "Can I just go walk? Like, can I just go?" like because at least you get to see some of the architecture
0: do you do you have any um do you utilize your historian uh they do no you just i
1: i haven't though i mean i haven't only for research like to reach out to people that appreciate it no i don't think that would carry much much carry much weight
0: um what's uh what's on your sorry go ahead go Go ahead
1: No, the best is if you can do it with your clubs, right? Like if you can earn your way onto a place by, you know, qualifying in a mass am or a <clears throat> mid am or four ball or something and, and getting to see a place like, and you did it with your sticks, like that's, that's the best feeling.
0: That yeah. There is. What's on your, do you have any places in the state that you have not played that you mm. want to play?
1: Yeah. Anything? there's a million. Yeah. There's a million, like as much as like, if. You know, I've seen some cool stuff. There's just so much out there that I haven't seen. Like, I want to see Sankity. Yeah. Seen the, I, I, I want to do, like, the Western. Like, I haven't seen Longmeadow. I haven't seen Orchards. I haven't seen Taconic, which is a major gaffe in the um, – I mean, there's there's so much. I haven't seen Concord. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, my I played uh, – my high school, that was our home course. Awesome. Uh, it was – yeah, so we get every every spring afternoon, and I play in a four ball there every summer. That place is awesome. Taconic is the best one I've played this summer uh, in this little adventure I'm on trying to play everywhere. And I'm, we're my wife and I are going out there tomorrow, and it's supposed oh, to wow. sn- it's supposed to snow. Yeah, but- I'm not gonna, <laughs> right. Uh, I'm not going to get. I was hoping to get get out there one more time before before the winter, but I don't think it's going to happen. That you got That place is great.
1: I know. I, I got to see it. Cause Wayne styles is all over the map, right? He's done some good stuff and some not so good stuff, but that's like it's that one up in Maine and that one, which everyone says is the best. So I, I mean, I got to, you got to see it at some point, but, and these summers go by so fast. And like, I keep, I kept thinking, Oh, the fall will be great. I'll take some days off from work and I'll go like, see all these places I want to see. And then life flies by and, Yep. All of a sudden, all of a sudden you're standing November in the <laughs> <in their> face.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or you're just at the mercy. Fall is great. And you're at the mercy of the weather. Yeah. You know, so you got to, you got to like plan ahead and hope you get a nice day.
1: And, you know, you have, you know, you've, you work all week and then you see friends or like friends are doing something and you're like, do I really want to drive two hours to go see a place by myself or like just go and hang out with friends
0: and you know, <laughs> be social?
1: <laughs> yeah. Get a break from <laughs> grinding out work all the time. Yeah. So. You
0: can't read books all the time. You gotta, you gotta go have some friends, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, what about, what else, what's on your hit list? for <clears throat> stuff you really want to see.
0: Um, so I guess as far as places I haven't played yet, sanctity is one that, uh, you know, just people have asked like, which ones are the going to be the toughest to get onto? Like that, that one is kind of a fascinating place to me. And uh, my wife and I were up there last summer, just kind of walked. We walked to that lighthouse and looking down on that golf course, it's like, geez, that place looks, that place looks awesome. Um, Winchester was on the list. Got to check that one off. I haven't played, I played Essex a long time ago. Um, and I don't know if I was just a young brat. It didn't really strike a chord with me. And now everyone's, you know, it's like the the place. And so that's yes. another one. I just want to get back and see again with the right mindset, I guess, and not a 18 year old.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, and that's same, right? So your way you appreciate's changed a lot. I mean, I, I saw it last year, which was, you know, so it's recent and it's, it's special. I mean, the back nine's unbelievable. Um, it gets hyped up obviously because Ross was there and his house is there and, and everything else. It, I mean, it is awesome and it deserves to be one of the best. And I thought about putting it in my, my five i don't know maybe i just because i i want to think of plymouth as ross's
0: <laughs> ross's place and then yeah. whitensville is another one i'm I w- i'm interested to get out to as a as a ross place and just
1: uh, whitensville's great there's Cohassie i think which is another nine holer which is which out that way too which i haven't seen which i really want to i heard that's like almost as good like people argue it's as good as whitensville yeah um, so that, there's a bunch, man. What do you, you got a time frame on when you think like how long is it going to take you to knock <laughs> anything out?
0: It's going to take, I would think it's going to take like six or seven years. There's 360 courses and yeah, um, unless there's some crazy momentum that I can pick up and, and be able to put aside like a ton of time and just go spend, you know, a summer or two, like playing a ton of golf. The problem is getting to the places like, You could play a lot of golf in the summer but it's the you know you could could go play mass is just big enough it can take it take time to get to places. western
1: mass is western mass man there's i mean it's beautiful but it's a haul to get out there
0: yeah yeah so it's, it's not
1: like you can knock out day trips back and forth to get some of that stuff
0: no yeah you have to go stay for a weekend or make some plans so i'm looking forward to this winter kind of planning out next summer and figuring out like the places that I can knock off. I'm trying to keep places close to home always so I can go play. Yeah, um, Like I haven't played, I've never seen George, Wright.
1: Yeah. That's awesome.
0: Uh, I played Franklin park this summer for the first time ever. That place was mind blowing. I was so much fun. Um, George,
1: yeah. I mean, we're so lucky. George Wright is, I mean for people that like public golf and other areas and stuff, like the fact that we have George Wright, Franklin park is, it's pretty awesome. I mean, yeah. It's quality golf for cheap. I mean, it's, it's so good. Yeah. And um, I mean, that clubhouse. When you walk into George Wright, it's like it looks like Wingfoot. You're like, holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> they just did such a good job, like restoring it and fixing it up and stuff. Years ago, it was looked awesome, but you walked inside and you just knew it was kind of like a community, But now it's like
0: it's pretty special. It's pretty good, yeah. Uh, well, I, I don't want to take any more of your time. So right. no, was, uh, thanks, man. It's great talking to you. No, it was great. Yeah. And uh, maybe, maybe I'll see you around town.
1: Yeah. Well, we should, we should plan on that. And, yeah. um, you know, anytime you want to tee it up, especially while we still got some, some decent weather, but yeah, thanks, John. Sure. good sure. good luck with everything. I hope, I uh, hope this helps and I hope you can knock off some good courses.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right. See you. Right. Bye. Bye.